Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And it's May the 4th be with you. That's right. <laughs> Today is May the 4th, right? It's Star Wars Day. That's right. That's why I wore my Chewbacca costume, right? You gonna the talk? <laughs> <laughs> the best I got. Uh-oh, Darth. Diga Jeff just pulled out a lightsaber. It's time to roll. So. Yeah. <laughs> but no, man, it's good to be here with you. We've got another week down, and... Looks like we're coming to the end of uh, some things here in the state, like we talked about last week with coronavirus, and mass is going to start again here in a couple of weeks. So, um, just really excited about all of that and being able to get back out and, and get to back to some normalcy in, in life. It starts with something like that, yeah. The phase one, and then two and three. Hopefully, it'll be yeah. it's where it'll be somewhat back to what normal would be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, like we said before in the episodes, we don't want to go back to where we've been because this this, this uh, pandemic has obviously given us a lot of blessings and a lot of graces that we want to continue to to practice in our lives. But but uh, just to be able to get out and to mm-hmm. commune again, you know, and to be with others. So, uh, but yeah, so that that's something that's new. We've gotten a lot of email in. Um, I don't even think I've... Uh, you know, shared a lot of it with you because we've just been, both well, been busy. Have, but I don't I think I have administrator uh, passcode. <laughs> there's a reason for that. That's right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, uh, there's been a lot of emails come in uh, on the heels of the VCC and the talk that I gave there and even the things that Deacon Jeff and I did on the on the Messy Catholic with, uh, with his time slide on there. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of it's been centered around the same thing because we kind of had a similar message in those two things of, of – our value, our worth, you know, mm. becoming vulnerable and understanding we've got to get past the mistakes and failures in our life. And I know we've talked about those things before, but it in the in the huge response of emails that, that I've gotten from people, apparently we haven't talked about it enough. You know, there's always people out there that are struggling with their worth, right? That's the question that I found in most of these emails was, you know, am I worthy of God's love? Am I? I don't think I am, John. This is what I've done in my life here, 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 here. Am I worthy? Or you know, I've never, I've never heard anybody talk about this the way that you did about God loves me no matter what and all of those things. So, like, people ask me to answer that question, and so I'm going to answer it today. Are you worthy? No, no, you're not. No, none of us <laughs> you're are. Not. Right? I'm not worthy. Victor's not worthy. Deacon Jeff's not worthy. None of us are worthy. But then again, yes, you are worthy. Not because of your own merits, not because of things that you've done, but because God sees fit to make you worthy. Through his grace and his love and his mercy, he loves you. Therefore, you are worth something to him and you are worthy. Right. God's love is a great equalizer. Right. That's sure. That's why. But so many people, you know, we just, we think, well, I'm not worthy because we're trying to base it on our own merit. Well, yeah. If you look at the list of your life, you fail. You're human. There's a lot of things that you've done wrong. I've done wrong. We've all done wrong. I mean, every day today, even living uh, what I would dare to say is a very is is a lot closer on my own uh, path to, to virtue in my life than other spots I've been in in my life. But yeah, I still am not worthy of God's love. And so, you know, people, that's the next thing is, well, am I worthy or just can God really love me? Um, because they they don't feel worthy of it because of the things that they've done, addictions or or you know maybe some some bad choices we've made or the way that we've 
reacted or, or treated people like all these different things that that you know not everybody has an addiction but there's people that have that have you know judged or gossiped or you know mistreated somebody we all struggle with those things but the answer to that is is you're worthy yes because god deems you so but but you know a lot of people will say okay so if i'm worthy what qualifies me for being worthy like what what qualifications do i have what where does it show you what you're saying like you're telling me that god thinks i'm worthy but where like show me that in the bible you know prove to me where that is that that i'm worthy in his eyes and that's you know all you got to do is look at some scriptures um one of them that that i love to look at when people ask me that is mark 217 it's those who this is what jesus says those who are are well do not need a physician but the sick do i did not come to call the righteous but sinners okay so jesus is telling you right then and there i didn't come for everybody that's fine you're a sinner right all these people that have sent this email you me everybody in this world we're sinners that qualifies us in god's eyes right that's the people i want to use we've talked about that before but jesus says right here i came for you I came for you, the sinners, not for the ones that, that think they have it all figured out and that they're living this pharisaical, you know, mindset of, of I don't have anything to worry about because I'm so holy. He comes for those that struggle, those that are having a hard time in life, those that that feel like they fail all the time because God wants to lift you up with his grace and his love and his mercy and show you know you're exactly the person I've come for. I love you and you're worth something to me and I want to pull you out of that gutter. I want to pull you out of that spot you're in your life, that that drunken haze or that that you know drug-induced coma or the different things that we all have maybe fallen into in our life somewhere that that you know repetition of the way that you speak to people i want to pull you out of that and show you another way and so there's there's all kind of other verses you know for the son of man has come to seek and save what was lost that's luke 19:10 that's another like he's saying right then again there's your worth like this is why you're qualified because i came to find what was lost I think there's a lot of people out there right now and through all of eternity that could say, I'm lost in my life at one point or another. Well, we're, we're all self-destructive in some form. I mean, mm-hmm. we all we all do the best we can, but there's also times where the selfishness exudes um, our need, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's because we become self-destructive. And I think what you're talking about is, is right on because um, we're, we're not worthy, and yet <laughs> we know we're not worthy, but yet we seek the worthiness of God's love by asking forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's the ultimate sacrifice, which was Christ did. He mm-hmm. died for us on Calvary. And we have to remember that he, he, that was all done for a purpose and a reason. Mm-hmm. No, you're exactly yeah. right. And that's, it, that's the thing. Like we, we, yes, on our own accord, we're not worthy, but we're worthy of him or worthy of his love because he deems it so. And so like, we have to get past that as, as humans to like, to sit here as people to, to say, well, I've done this, I've done that. Well, you're the only one holding on to that. Yeah. Well, that's the, and like, that's the hook that the, the enemy's pulling you. Saying, yeah. Man, you don't. You're never going to be worthy of that. And we, it's a lie, you mm-hmm. know. So we we we, can, we seek to confirm that lie, mm-hmm. that falsehood of that we're not worthy, you know. And right. and 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 we and I think God's spirit, Holy Spirit, is pushing you, saying, "Yes, you are. Yes, you are." But yet we're it's that tug of war that that God has and the, and the devil has within our hearts and our souls. Well, and that's and that's the thing. The devil wants to convince you and continually beat down on you yes. that you're not. And so you say, well, you know what? I'm not worthy, so why don't I even try? Or I can't be that. There's no way possible God could love me. And and so we have to fight through that. And as long as we we continue to keep these things buried inside, we continue not to address them, we continue not to, to do something about them in our life, 
then the devil's always going to be in your ear and you're always going to be where you are and you're always going to think you're not worthy when God just waiting to embrace you in a hug and say like, I love you. Like, I don't care about that other stuff. Like move past that. Like I can't stress that enough that we're the only ones in our lives that hold on to that. God is, he is, as soon as you've gone to confession and you've confessed that the slate is clean. It's like he never, it's like, it's, it's just gone, right? It never happened in his eyes because you've come and you've reconciled. That's what the gift of, of, of the sacrament of reconciliation is for. Mm-hmm. But yet we feel so unworthy that we oftentimes don't take that step. We don't move forward in that. We just tell ourselves, well, what's the use? What's, what's, the, what's the, you know, the purpose in trying? So we spend years of our lives just dead spiritually because we think that's where we're supposed to be. That's what we deserve, right? That's what my actions have reaped for me. I've reaped what I've sowed. I've made all these mistakes. I've been a terrible person and there's never any, like I should be damned to hell or I should, you know, get what this yeah. life is or or I'll just do like everybody else and not care, right? And just in and, and just convince myself my entire life that, that it doesn't matter because that's probably not real anyway, just because I don't want to deal with with my own issues. But once again, like the only person that's holding you back from God is you. I mean, other verses here, this is from the Old Testament. It's one of my favorite verses and most people probably recognize it because it's very, you know, it's a highly quoted verse, but for I know well the plans I have in mind for you, Oracle of the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for woe, so as to give you a future of hope. Like that doesn't sound like somebody that's not worthy of something. Yeah. Like the Lord's saying, like, I want to give you, like your welfare is important to me and I want to give you a future of hope. Like why would you spend the energy to do that if somebody wasn't worth that anything, wasn't worth the effort of that? Nobody's going to go out there. I mean, God's got plenty of other things he could be doing besides wasting his time on something that's not worth anything, right? He's trying to tell us, like, no matter who you are, what you've done, you always have redemption. There's always a chance for you to turn around and come home to me and and, and realize, you know, how I feel about you. So, I mean, there's just, there's so much of it. And it's a gift. We've talked about that so much that God's love is a a free gift, that, that it's not something you have to earn. It's not something that you've, that you've got to achieve it's something you have to accept and that makes that's a totally different spin on things when you realize you know all i got to do is just accept this you know it seems too easy maybe to some but it's not it's the truth it's it's this love is here for you and you need to accept it and when you do then then we can move forward and you can begin to change your life and you can begin to become the person that i've called you to be because well, our brains trained to feel we have to earn something mm-hmm and this is so different dynamics of, of what we are grown up to be. You know, you study hard, you earn an A. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you work hard, um, you, you earn a promotion. So our whole life has been like the harder you work, the more reward you'll get. Mm-hmm. And, and faith is like totally different. It's like you don't have to earn anything. You yeah. know, you, you, you love God, therefore you want to know more about God. And that's what you're talking about, I think, is, is, is not... Is, is that the growth comes from loving, mm-hmm. loving God and Him loving you. And having yeah. the faith. Like right. That's what it says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, is for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from you. It is from the gift of God. And that's what we're talking about here is, is as long as we think there's some sort of thing that we have to do to, to show our worth, right? Like if I, I got to go out there in the, in the sales world, you know, I can remember thinking about that and I got to get out there and perform every day. Like I better be writing 10,000, $12,000 worth of orders a day and seeing this many people and checking these many boxes and selling this many widgets. And then they'll see that I'm worth keeping around. Well, it's not that way with God. God's not some 
you know, marketing and sales director up there that's it's keeping an accord of everything you're doing right. like Where's your that. Quota? Yeah. 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 All he's asking you to do is be present to him and give mm-hmm. him a chance. Like believe in me and give me a shot in your life and I'll show you these things and 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 and, and I will give to you, right? Like my children don't have to earn my love. Jacob and my daughters don't like I'm not going to love them more because they clean their room. I might be happier with them, but that's not going to make it doesn't mean I love them any more or less. And and it's the same thing with God. Like we're not sitting here have some laundry list of chores that we got to complete, and then and it's okay now you're worth me actually caring about you and and I have a you know an, right. a, a a speck of of feelings and emotions for you now no it's it's something that he's waiting to give each and every one of us but we've got to get past all that junk in our life and so you know I've sent a lot of emails back along those lines and I don't know I haven't heard back from some of them I mean hopefully they've they've they were able to take the message and really start to believe in it and take it to prayer and let God tell them that instead of me I mean he's obviously <laughs> infinitely more qualified sure, to yeah. let somebody understand that yeah. better than I can but you know you a lot of people out there may still think that they're not worthy through all of this and so you know you know how I am I love to give examples from the Bible and so I really started to think about that and like Matthew you know here here's a guy that I mean, imagine what it must have been like to be Matthew on a daily basis. Like before Jesus comes on the scene, you know, he's this is a guy who is hated by everyone. Ostracized. He's hated by the yeah. Romans mm-hmm. because he's he's Jewish, and he's hated by the Jews because he's working for the Romans well, he, to take their money. He's like to a, give to the Romans, right? He's like a Benedict Arnold, right? Yeah. So he's a traitor in the eyes of his own people. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine what what uh, it must have been like to like leave his house every day and try to make it to work and just the people that might beat him up or attack him or or just the people that hated him. Like, yeah. he probably felt like he was in danger his whole life. And that he felt, you know, like he must have been sickened. Like, like most likely he was sickened by his riches, right? Like, I've made all this money off of, the, you know, betraying my people, but yet he was enslaved to it, right? Like so many of us get. It's like, maybe I didn't make this money in the most up, you know, above board way in my life. Or maybe I've taken advantage of people to get where I am. And and so, but yet I I'm now enslaved to those things. I'm enslaved to my possessions and this way of life and the food I have on my table. And look at all these other people that are poor and I'm not. And all these things like imagine the hell he must have lived in. Like thinking about I'm, I'm a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I'm struggling in every aspect of my life and I can't stop this because this is what this is who I am. This is what I do. So I'm in the same cycle of things again and again and again. And it sounds so familiar. Like that to me is how I felt when I was doing drugs and, and hiding it from everybody is I just, I'm so disgusted with who I am, but who, who am I going to be? How can I be any different of this? I'm not worth anything to anybody, right? That's the same thing I told myself. And I mean, I'm sure that he didn't, he didn't feel worthy at all, but guess what? One day Christ walks up and he tells a story to the Pharisees about the Pharisee and the tax collector. And he says, it's the tax collector that goes home blessed that day from the temple. And he looks at Matthew and says, follow me. So all of that he'd done in his life, how sick he probably was with himself all the days of his life. Jesus walked up and was like, yeah, I don't care about that. Come with me. I mean, that's really what he did. Yeah. Like, I don't leave that here and come with me. I mean, Jesus saw worth in him, even though he didn't see it in himself. And that's where a ton of us are in life is we don't see that. Because we we've we've covered ourselves in filth in our eyes and whatever it is that we've been doing, and there's no way anybody could want us. We're an untouchable, you know, like in the Indian caste system, right? Like we're mm-hmm. the we're the untouchables. We, we're not, society doesn't want anything to do with us. If anybody really knew us, you know, they wouldn't want anything to do with us. So I've got to put on these masks and live this way, and I'm stuck in this never-ending cycle. 
because this is where I feel I have to be in my life because I'm not worth anything to anybody if I actually knew who I was. Right. I think, you know, I think every di- disciple had a devotion to a Christ, but you kind of wonder if Matthew had an extra, like, devotion in a sense of, like, him being pulled away from, like you're saying, a lifestyle that was so corrupt, mm-hmm. and it corrupted his soul in a sense as well, that, that he was really revealed to what God's love is through Christ. Yeah. I mean, he really, he, he penned the New Testament in the sense of the, the gospel mm-hmm. that a lot of people quote from. I mean, there's there's other ones, obviously, but I mean, like Matthew was very educated, and so I'm sure he wrote down a lot more uh, sight, uh, one-on-one sights of what's going on in the oral tradition mm-hmm. um, to kind of really get a grasp of, of, of Christ's movement and, and, and see, his love. I don't know that, like there's a lot of people that actually sit and they think about this. Like yeah. I, not saying we're the only two and we're the smartest people on the planet. That's the furthest thing from the truth. But, well, yeah. but what I mean is, <laughs> is like, do we stop and do we look at this or do we read over this scripture mm-hmm. and go, Oh, this is when Jesus, you know, calls Matthew. And we just, we, we skip out all that. Like that Matthew was probably the same type person. A lot of us are mm-hmm. that are thinking like, I, nobody ever could want me. Like why do and even when Jesus, like I imagine Jesus like saying, come with me and Matthew going like, you mean me or yeah, like looking around to see if there's somebody, somebody else. else behind him. Right. And you know, like, cause that's the way I think we would all feel if Jesus showed up today and goes, I want you to come to heaven with me. Like, really? I made it like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's so there's so many other people in the Bible. And what I want people to really today to understand is like, to look at this, like, you want to see how God feels about something? You want to see how if you're worthy or not? Then look at how God reacts to people, how God, how Jesus himself, God incarnate, you know, came down to the earth and how he interacted with people that were sinners just like us. And and you look at St. Paul. That dude hunted down and killed Christians. And Jesus threw him off of his, you know, on the way to Damascus, Damascus, you know, blinded him and, and basically changed his life and said, yeah, you're worthy. I want you. I mean, Paul must have thought like... I, like all through his apostolate, all through his his work for Christ, he must have thought like, I can't believe like that I'm doing this, that God wants me to do this, like that that I'm worthy enough to go around and tell other people how to be a Christian mm-hmm. because all I did was kill Christians. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't understand and and it's not about our own merits. It's not about what we have or haven't done. It's about what God sees in us and then surrendering to that and and, and saying God, I, I don't know why you believe in me, but I understand that you do. And now that means something in my life. And I'm going to go, like, now I, I can do nothing but answer that call. I can do nothing but but understand that I don't understand it. But I, I've got to follow it through faith. And that's where faith comes in. You know, another one that, that um, you know, John the Baptist. I mean, he said, I'm not even unworthy to tie, untie sandals. Now, here's a guy that's out in the desert preaching and doing everything he's been ever asked to do by God. And he even says, I'm not worthy. But what does Jesus do? He says, baptize me. John says, I don't, you should baptize me. No, you're worthy to do this because I say you are. Mm. This needs to happen. This is what you were created for. And and so we continue to see this all through the scriptures. By far one of my favorites, and I really hope people, uh, you know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen has done a, a tremendous job in so many different. You're a fanboy yeah, now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. He's it. done a tremendous job of, of talking about this guy. But yeah. like St. <laughs> Dismas, and if people don't, there may be some people who don't know who that is. He was the thief that was on the cross next to Christ, one of the two, yeah, the one that cool repented. Story. I'll let you say it. Yeah, that yeah. repented. Yeah. And and so here we are, you know, here's this guy on the cross proclaiming this. This is what he says. And indeed, we have been condemned justly for the sentence we receive corresponds to our crimes. So this guy's immediately saying like, dude, we've been, t- we've done terrible things. 
Like, we've been thieves. We've stolen. We've, I mean, I don't know what else they've done, but this guy's admitting, hanging there on a cross, that we our punishment is due for what we've done. So he's sitting there, like, you talk about, I'm not worthy. This guy's hanging next to our Lord, and whatever he did warranted enough to get brutally killed. And, and he's saying this, and then in the same breath, uh, he asked Jesus to remember him when he comes in his kingdom, and Jesus does it. He wasn't worthy, but this was the first man to enter the kingdom, right? The first guy to walk yeah. into heaven with Jesus was a guy who was sitting here proclaiming, I am not worthy even to be near you. Like, I'm, the things I'm, I, that I'm receiving now, I deserve. You don't. I do. But Jesus looks at him and is like, nope, you're worthy. You're going to heaven. You repented. You're coming with me. And, and I really want people to understand that. Like Fulton Sheen says this in one of his, uh, his, his books and his articles. He's written about this very subject. He says, it was the thief's last prayer, perhaps even his first. He knocked once, sought once, asked once, dared everything, and found everything. When even the disciples were doubting and only one was present at the cross, the thief owned and acknowledged him as Savior. I mean, say, it, say that again because that's, that's the profound. I think. It is. He says, yeah. it was the thief's last prayer, perhaps even his first. He knocked only once. He sought once. He asked once. He dared everything, and then he found everything. With When even the disciples were doubting and only one was present at the cross, the thief owned and acknowledged him as Savior. Like, yeah. if you need any more proof in your life that God is willing to forgive and forget and walk with you the rest of your life and allow you into everlasting life with him, I, I don't know how to, I don't know what else to tell you other than that, that, that he let somebody right then and there that just asked, who had lived a life and was sitting there on his deathbed, minutes from dying, whatever, whenever he died, he looked at God and said, please save me. And God saved him. And, and judging, yeah. if you had looked, if you and I had been standing there, as the Romans had been, obviously they found, they looked at a list of everything he'd done wrong in his life, and they said, you know what? Nope, you need to die, right? You deserve to die for everything you've done. You deserve everything that's coming your way. They judged him just like you and I would have judged him. But the Lord said, no, you're worth it. And you've repented and you understand that now. And now you're welcome in my kingdom. I just, that blows my mind. It's profound. It really is. I, I mean, I, when you were talking about that, I remember reading that a long, long time ago. What Bishop Fulton Sheen was saying uh, about Didymus, and um, I, I find that very comforting for yeah. me because you know we we all go through the struggles of of self denial and self interest and selfishness, you know, to try to stay on our path carrying our own cross, and it's a constant uh, human condition of of failure versus success, really. Like I said, we 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 lose more of God's grace by our, our sins and lack of resisting temptation. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think the thing is, is that when we come back to Christ, you know, He says, "I love you," even though you feel yourself unworthy of that love. Mm-hmm. And that's what the profoundest is what Bishop Archbishop Fulton Sheen was saying. Right. Yeah. And so that's what we have to do. Like, I mean, that's what he's saying. The first prayer, like, the, it might be the first time he ever had a conversation with God. Yeah. And God accepted him right then and there. So that's what we have to do. We have to cast off all this stuff and realize that that our worth has nothing to do with what we think. Like it has to do with what God thinks. And once we come to grips with that and we come to grips with ourselves, we become vulnerable. We share what's going on in our lives, what's wrong. And then we move past it. We finally leave it. That's a mistake a lot of people don't, they make in confession. 
is is we go and we tell something, but we never really leave it there sometimes. We still let it eat it at us, like eat at us after we've received absolution and, and we've been forgiven. We still let it continue to eat at us. Like we've got to like come to grips with the things. Yeah, I did some bad things in my life or I haven't always been the greatest person or yes, this mistake has been chasing me forever and following me forever. But today that's no more. It's today that bad. ends. Right. Too bad we can't do a memory swipe, you know, right. of our brain. Yeah. yeah. But I think like you, you don't want to forget. People ask me all the time, do you want to forget about what you did in your life? No, I don't. Because it keeps me understanding the blessings I have in my life now. And then I don't ever want to go back to anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I've forgiven myself and I know God's forgiven me and Angela's forgiven me and and so I'm able to move forward in my life. But once you've done that, then Hebrews 4.16 tells you exactly what you need to do. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. Right? There's going to be times where we fall again and again and again. Even after you've said, I'm sorry to Christ, and you, and you, you understand your worth, you're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. And But the bottom line is we have to we have to understand it's, again, not on our merits. It's only on God's love and his grace and his mercy that allows us to get up and to walk back towards the person we need to be. And that the rest of our lives, are, we're not going to be perfect. We never will be. But you, you make the decision that I want to be every day. And when you fall, you get back up. Yep. So as we come to the, the, you know towards the close of the show here, I just want to talk about like the how-tos. So like number one, like your worth has nothing to do with what you think. So stop stop being the judge of yourself. Like give it to God. Know that He loves you and you're worth something to Him, and let that be enough. Like stop beating yourself up. Get rid of it today. Whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind that has been chasing you and has been the ghost in your closet, get rid of it. Move past it. Two, let go of the things you've done and ask for His forgiveness. Like that's the next thing you have to do is ask for his forgiveness and truly mean it. And when he's given it to you, walk away. Don't sit here and go, God, you know, I asked you for your, your forgiveness, but I'm still holding on to this. That's not fair and it's not right. And you're not, you're not getting the blessing that God wants to give you out of it. Leave it there and move past it. Accept that you're going to fall from time to time and embrace God's grace and mercy. That's what helps you get back up again, that you can do it again and again and again every single day. So you got to remember that. It's not me. It's not my merits. It's not some list of works I'm going to do in my life. Yes, we need works with faith. But the bottom line is your worth is based on God. And the last is find peace in the fact that you don't have to earn it. It's a free gift you have to accept and then surrender it and live the life we're called to as Catholics. Amen. So brothers and sisters out there, if this is something you're struggling with, listen to what we've been saying today. Take it to God and let him tell you what you're worth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, it is so easy to think that we are not worthy of your love. The devil works overtime in our minds and in our lives to make us think that very thing. Help us to move past our mistakes and failures so we can see how you truly feel about us. And Father, whenever we doubt, remind us that our worth is not based on our own merits, but on your grace, love, and mercy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.